Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to Jesus. Thank you to his faithfulness. Amen. How many love the Lord? Amen. God loves you. You know, we know that. And um, it's a great day for the church. What is the church? It's the people from every tribe, tongue, and nation all around the world that know Jesus. That's the church. Amen? We are a part of that. Amen? He knows where you're at today. He hasn't forgotten you. He knows exactly what you're going through. He wants you to call on Him. He wants you to trust Him. He wants you to be allow Him to be your God, to be your Father, to be your Shepherd. So much. So much He wants to say to us. So much He wants to reveal to us, little by little, because we can't absorb it all at once. My wife and I talk about brain space. Yeah, have you heard that term, brain space? You only have so much brain space, right? How many, how many figuring that out? Brain space. You know, we learn little by little, and it's okay. Let things soak in. Let things take root in your heart and your life. Roots, roots that grow deep and better. You cannot tip over when there's wind because there's roots. I'm going to take you back to a little story. Linda's going to appreciate it. She'll remember this. So Linda and I grew up in the same house. My sister, you know, we had bedrooms upstairs and bedrooms in the hallways and, you know, bedrooms in the closets. And yeah, there's seven kids. But by the time I came along, the oldest, I think, was kind of already leaving the house. So, you know, but I, I got the closet. It was Linda's closet, actually. It was Linda's closet. We, she'd peek in and say, how you doing in there? Oh, just fine. I got my little light hanging down here. I could tuck in. This is my space. It's good. And you know, my father was uh, following, actually followed his brother, Bill, or Willie. We call him Willie. William was called to preach the gospel at a young man's age. And so he followed the Lord in that. And he wound up in Aiken. Where's Wes? Where I, I, I originate from. Aiken. How many Aikenites do we have here? Yeah. Give it up for Aiken. Well, that was kind of weak. Hey, weak. Everyone starts somewhere. Amen. We are on a journey, a faith journey. Well, no matter where you are at in your faith journey, it's never too late to get started or to renew or to recommit or rekindle. And so our story today, we're going to take you to, you know, the resurrection story, of course. But on the farm, my dad raised me. Now, I had a picture. Austin coming up with it, coming up with the mink. Isn't that a little cute little thing? Is it soft and cuddly? Don't be deceived. You can keep it up there for a moment. On the farm, a dad had, oh, I don't know, he had, a, he had a bunch of, he had rows of cages. And mink were abounding and they would multiply. 
sometimes as high as nine in one litter. But average three, that was kind of what we figured, three. We had a young little boy that came to stay with us. His name was Dwayne. Linda's going, yeah. Because his mother was having another child. And so my mom said, come and stay with us. We'll take care of you. But don't stick your finger in the mink cage. And just what happens when you tell a child, don't stick your finger he comes screaming to the house, blood. Oh, bit me, or whatever he said. Did you stick your finger? Well, have you ever thought when you were growing up, what's it like if I stick my finger in this light socket? Don't do that. So I thought I'd. I'm kind of tying this together because in the garden where sin originated, right? They had it made. They could eat of all these trees that were good. But there was one tree forbidden. God set a boundary. Don't do that. Well, you know the story. When Satan came to tempt them, he begins to quote things that God said and begins to twist him. Well, God didn't really mean what he said. He just doesn't want you to know good and evil. And Eve is going, oh. And Adam's going, oh. And Eve goes, eat something. And Adam's going, oh. No, no. You know what happened? ran and hid. Jesus, God, come down looking for them. Have you eaten from the tree? He knew. Getting someone to confess they've done something goes against all the human nature in us. And that's what we're going to talk about. That thing in us today that wants to rebel, that wants to do our thing, that wants to live life because God created you and I with a free will, right? Otherwise, we'd be all like robots. I don't know these kids do this stuff, you know, it looks like they're actually robotic. Cookie cut made. You want to demonstrate? You can get rid of the rascal. Go back to the beginning where you had up uh, the last enemy. Last enemy. That's the title of the message. As we go from here, the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. Because it leads us to the one, Jesus, who conquered sin. Hallelujah. He did it while he was on the earth. 
He did it while he was on the cross. And he conquered death, which is the result of sin. That's why we have death in our world. That's why people are sick. That's why we have disease. That's why we have all kinds of problems. Because man has chose to live his way. And I want to encourage you and I to live according to his way, not my way. The last enemy, we don't like to talk about death in our culture. Have you noticed? It's kind of, I don't want to think about it. We know that they will come. That's what the Lord, Lord Terry reports. But death is a part of this world. Death is so, seems so final. It can be so devastating. Because sin brings this death. We'll read now a little bit from gospel, uh, not the gospel, but the scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul was writing to the church of Corinth, trying to get them to understand that there is a resurrection day that is coming for the believers. So verse 20, I'm kind of diving in here to this subject of resurrection. But now Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by man came death, well, who's that man? You know Adam. By man also came the resurrection of the dead. We're talking about two different people. We're talking about Adam. We're talking about Christ. Just like death came through Adam, life can come through Christ. So Adam, in a sense, is a type of, of Christ. Verse 22, for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. That's you and I. That's the believers. That's the hope that you and I have. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits. After that, those who are Christ at his coming. At Jesus' return, there will be a resurrection day. The Bible says the bodies will come back from the grave and be alive. I don't know about you, that, that's pretty exciting news. That's going to be quite, a, quite an experience. That's going to be quite a day. But even now, resurrection starts now. Because when I came to Jesus, I recognized I was a sinner as a young boy. Something was turning in my heart except Jesus. And I walked out of that church, I remember that feeling I had. And it's not just feeling, but it was just as how I described it. I could look up at the stars and say, God, you're real. I knew if I died that night, I'd be ready to meet That's the resurrection power in you and I. That's the power of Jesus Christ that lives to compel us to go out and to live to the fullness. You can live life. You can get by, sorta, sorta, sorta. You can kind of somewhat be happy. Yeah, you can have sin. And it even is its pleasure. But it leaves you empty and void and miserable. And I hear this over and over throughout Scripture. That Jesus wants to live and be seated in the place of your deepest, deepest portion of your heart. He wants you to want him. And together you will walk and together you will live for all eternity. Amen. 
Together, God has a plan. Death one day will be nevermore. But until then, we have hope. No matter what sin you have committed in your past, it's never too late to start anew and afresh. And God has no sin that his blood cannot cleanse. And this is where people struggle. This is just like the man that Anna was talking about on Friday. This man said, I had to clean up first. He was trying to get him to come to Jesus. Well, I got to clean up first. Just the opposite. Come as you are, and Jesus cleans us up. Come as you are. Come just as you are, and Jesus cleans us up. Adam and Eve ran for a while. They were so embarrassed. They were so ashamed. They tried to, you know, put figs and leaves. They were ashamed. They knew that they were unclothed. God is saying, where are you guys? God knew exactly where they were. But God is saying to them, where are you guys? Trying to confess, get them to confess, trying to get them to turn to him. And God in his very richest mercy, you see how he clothed them with animal skins. Another glimpse into the future when Jesus would come give his life, blood, the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all our sin. Death is a result of sin. The Bible says the soul who sins will die. If that's all there was, if this was all there was in this life, is to live and just die, wouldn't it be hopeless? Wouldn't it be awful? But death, for the believer is the beginning of new life to step into the presence of God. For death for the believer is the new beginning of life that is full and you, you never want to come back to this life again. It's just so wonderful. The Bible teaches that what we sow, we will reap. People need to understand, yes, God forgives, yes, yes. Oftentimes we reap consequences. We have to work through some things. Some, some, sometimes our, our mistakes or our sin causes pain on others, and we have to work through those things. Consequences. But when we sow to the Spirit, the Spirit, Verse in Galatians talks about this. Galatians 6, verse 8. When we sow to the Spirit, we shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. Life that is eternal is different than life that is here. Life that is eternal, life that is spirit filled, life that lives on, life that is abundant, life that has peace, life that has joy, life that is. Separated as unto the Lord. I don't know about you, but life is going by quickly. Amen? How many are thinking, yeah, yeah? 
Life seemed so long when I started out. Right? Life seemed so long when it was so long ago, but really it wasn't that. And so every day we get to live on this earth, and every day that he gives to us is a gift from God that he wants us to walk with him. Jesus chose to come down to this earth and become man. Walk in flesh. Walk in humanity. Walk and experience every temptation known to man. Jesus was tempted, but he did not sin. He was the perfect, sinless Lamb of God. It was only his blood only his blood that could take away our sin. When I read the Psalm 103, verse 12, I am so lifted by this because oftentimes we remember our own failure. We sometimes are discouraged. But here's the promise. This is a promise from God that he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. He remembers them no more when we call on him and confess our sin. That's victory. And the devil will will come back to try to get you to, to remember and cause you to go backwards if he can. And Jesus' blood removes our sin. Every day or every year in the Old Testament times, they would bring offerings once a year, and the blood of bulls and goats would cover the sin for that year. The priest had to go in and confess his own sin. Jesus doesn't have to confess sin. He was made sin, the scripture says. He became sin. What does that mean? He took on your and mine. He took your place. He took my place. And when I say, Jesus, I believe on what you have done. I believe because of your death. And I believe because of your resurrection that I too can have life. I too can live forever. I too can be forgiven. I too can have a hope and a purpose. That's abundant life. We're not talking about having all the stuff that maybe the world says you need to have to be happy. I just want to know I know. This stuff. I want to take you to a little passage in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. But this, this story has always just fascinated me. Jesus is, is so wise. And after his resurrection, Luke records this very interesting story, verse 13 of Luke's Gospel 24. 
Behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. So seven miles. How long does that take you to walk? About, whatever, hour and a half, something like that. I don't know. How, how fast can you walk? Six miles, seven miles an hour, something like that? So they had this time on their hands. Jesus knows when they're coming off. They don't realize he's Jesus at first. They're talking to each other, verse 14. They were conversing with each other of all, all those things which have taken place. And while they were conversing, and Jesus himself approached and began traveling. It's just like he's time again. And I find it so, so uh, difficult, but, but the scripture says their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Right there gives us a clue how we need to pray for our friends and family that haven't yet come to a relationship with Jesus. Pray that their eyes will be open, spiritualized. Now, he says to them, he said to them, this is Jesus talking to them now, what are these words that you are exchanging? And they stood still like, like, they just like. One of them named Cleopas, Cleopas, I think that's the right pronunciation. Sorry, not sorry if I butchered that name. But he answers, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the thing which, had he known who he was talking to? Are you the only one? Haven't you? It's like. And he said to them, what thing? And they said to him, the things about Jesus. He, I really think Jesus wanted to hear from them what they were thinking about themselves. Just like God wanting Adam and Eve to say, where are you, where are you? Wanting them to answer and admit. And they said to him, the things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet. Now they say, who was a prophet? Because they think he's gone. Mighty indeed in word and sight of God, and how the chief priests and rulers delivered him up in the sense of death and crucified him. But look at this verse next. We were hoping. We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day. Since these things happen. But some women amazed him. That's verse 22. Some women were at the tomb early in the morning and they, and they did not find his body. They came saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women had said. 
but him they did not see. And he said, and this is where it gets good, oh foolish man, slow of heart to believe in all the prophets that have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into glory? And notice, at the beginning, with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And that's exactly what Jesus wants to have happen today, that we are explaining, Jesus is still explaining the scriptures, helping people understand who he is. Now it says something very interesting because verse 31 says their eyes. And not until he prayed and broke, took the bread in verse 30, blessed it, breaking it, and then again giving it to them. Then their eyes were open and recognized him. And now he vanishes from Something clicked. Something happened. Something began to turn because the scriptures say, say this in verse 32. We're not our hearts burning within us. We're not our hearts burning. What does that mean? Their hearts were set afire. Their hearts were excited. Their hearts were connected with the power of Jesus. Their hearts were no longer the same he was speaking to us on the road while he was explaining the scriptures to us. And that's exactly what Jesus is still doing today. He comes down to where you're living. He comes down to where you're working. He comes down alongside into the circumstances of your life. Though you cannot see him working, he's working. Though you sometimes wonder, what is he up to? Where is he? He's still working. And oftentimes he's working in you and I through the circumstances. So often I want God to fix my problems. I want him to fix my mistakes. And so often God will forgive, but he'll work with you. Because he wants you to understand who he is more than anything else. To understand who he is, to recognize who he is to believe on what he has done for you and I. And so we get back to the text. When Jesus shows up on the road, life starts. Life really kicks in. When Jesus comes into our heart, life kicks in. Real life. Life that is eternal and everlasting. And we get to these, this text that I read earlier about Adam and about Christ and becoming alive and the first fruits. And then we get down to verse 25. He talks about we, he's going to put all his enemies under his feet. Remember in the old days we sang a chorus, he's under my feet, he's under my feet. Took back what he stole. No, don't remember that. The devil is under your feet in Jesus' name. 
does that happen? You have authority in Jesus Christ. You don't have to take what the enemy tries to put on you. Lies after lies after lies after deception after condemnation after condemnation. You are his when you choose him. He's chosen you. He wants you and I. We look back in our life and say, well, even when I wasn't following him like I should have been, he was there. You see, Jesus hears the cry of the person that's the farthest away messed up on whatever, messed up in their thinking, messed up. Life has robbed them. The, the enemy has robbed them. And Jesus came into this life where there were a lot of people messed up. A lot of people were confused. There's a lot of confusion in our world. Amen. God is not the author of that. The Bible says this world is not going to get better until he comes. Amen? And he's going to restore. And he's going to make things new again. There's going to be judgment. We know that. But the last enemy, we read it now, verse 26. In this life, Jesus said, you will have trouble, right? But the last enemy will be abolished. In other words, when Satan thought he had, I got him now. He's on the cross. This is it. I win. The Bible says Jesus went down. And he has the keys. Jesus has the authority. We read in Revelations. Twenty first chapter. Powerful. I saw heaven and earth. I saw a new heaven, chapter 21, verse 1. And a new earth, the first heaven and the first earth passed away. No longer any sea. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. And he shall dwell among them, and they shall be his people. God himself shall be among them. And he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there shall no longer be any death. There shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. The first thing. That's the king of kings. That's what we have to look forward to. That's what it means. He conquered death. That's what it means he overcame. 
Because he overcame, I can over, you can overcome. Because of his power of resurrection, the Bible says, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is raising us. you believe that? The same power Jesus raised, was raised from the dead is raising us. Will you consider in your heart today, whatever circumstance, whatever situation, that God would resurrect hope in your life. God would resurrect. Begin to walk anew in a fresh way. Maybe it's the first time. Maybe it's some time since you've really prayed and said, Lord, I need you. I cannot walk in my own strength. Where we are at today, wherever, whatever situation, let's just pray right now. Believe God, Lord, you are in the midst of our situation. You are on the throne. We, you desire for us to call on you. We, we're calling on you right now, Lord. We're turning to you. We don't have the answers, but you do. You are the answer to our brokenness. You make us worthy because of the blood that you shed. So we come to you with an open heart and come into our hearts afresh in a new Lord. Help me to walk in your truth. We give you all praise.